Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Volume. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at John Middlecoff to get notified when I go live. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Happy Wednesday. Here's the game plan. I did a little rapid-fire podcast today. Just went over a bunch of stories that are floating around out there on the interweb about the NFL. And we banged it out. No mailbag today. I will do an enormous mailbag for Thursday. I'm going out of town, going up to Tahoe, but I'm going to do a podcast before I go up to Tahoe. I think with Coward on Thursday for Friday. So tomorrow will be my last podcast of the week, and then we'll have have with Coward on Friday. So this will just be pretty meaty, just some of the main stories that are out there that interest me uh, before this week of preseason games kicks off, and then we'll do a big, big mailbag. A lot of you guys, I saw a bunch of questions in there. We'll just do a long one. So at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in the DMs. That's the mailbag. That's how you get on the mailbag. You just fire into my DMs. If you're listening to this on Collins' feed, make sure you subscribe to 3 and Out feed because we're going to have just constant content up there. We're going to have podcasts left and right, nonstop. So just a lot of podcasts this week. We basically will have four in a row on the 3 and Out feed uh, to hold you over into the weekend. So appreciate everyone that's been listening. Podcast is uh, doing well because of you guys. And uh, a lot going on. I mean, it's football season. What else are we going to talk about? It's a good time of year. Other than that, go to thevolume.com. Check out your three and out hats. We got flex fits. We got, we got some trucker hats. We got it all covered for you. And uh, any other housekeeping? I don't think so. Like I said, we'll be on Collins Podcast for Friday. Other than that, we have four podcasts on the three and out feed uh, well, three so far, and then we'll have one tomorrow. So go check those out. Appreciate everyone that's listened already, and we'll keep them coming, baby. But first, download the Game Time app. They're the number one ticketing app in America. They're the official ticketing app of this show. They're a ticketing app that I've used over and over and over again. You should too. So you download the app, and when you first sign up, use the promo code John. That's J O H N. J O. HN, get $20 off any pair of tickets. You want to go to a concert, you want to go to a game. How many fans right now are listening? They're like, you know, I haven't seen my squad play in a couple of years. 
I want to go check them out. I want to get out of the house. I want to go see a game. Do it right now. Do it on me. Promo code John. Any football game, any baseball game, playoff. Playoff baseball is the best. If you've never been to a playoff baseball game and a, and a team near you is in the playoffs, I would go check it out. The atmosphere, the intensity, just now the pace. I mean, it's like two and a half hours. Doesn't get any better. Promo code John, $20 off. Go do it. I don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Appreciate everyone that has used it. Okay, where do we want to start? Let's start with Washington. And I said it on the podcast yesterday. A bold take that I had told Coward a while back was that I like the Commanders to be a sleeper team. I've changed my opinion. And a lot of that is because of the buzz coming out about Jacoby Brissett, Sam Howell, major question marks. And just ultimately, the Giants are kind of growing on me. Darren Waller seems healthy and engaged. High at the wide receiver out of Tennessee. Seems to be, we knew he was a speed demon, but seems to be a good player. Saquon's in camp. Just a lot of good vibes. I believe in the coach that maybe I shouldn't have ever taken that take. And I have no problem pivoting off it before the season even starts. Well, there was a situation coming out of Washington in the last 24 hours that made me feel pretty good about my red flag before I even knew that there was some shit going on. Now, let me preface everything by saying this. Football is not like these other sports. In basketball, players no longer get yelled at. In baseball, you don't even look at the guy making $30, $40 million weird because he might opt out of his contract and leave you. In football, it's still probably the lone sport where guys get yelled at literally every single day. And it's pretty normal. Like If you go to a football practice, it is not like any other industry. Never worked in Wall Street. They always say it's crazy. It looks crazy in television shows, but is it actually still like that? I don't know. Are the trading floors for Goldman Sachs and some of these companies still batshit crazy? I Probably it's a lot different now than it was in the 80s and the 90s. Football is still a place. College football, pro football, even high school football. Probably a little less swearing in high school, but definitely in college and the pros. If you walk out to practice, people are getting undressed. It's an aggressive sport. So when I see stories about coaches being overly aggressive, I, I tend to not think it's that weird, right? Now, Ron Rivera, an old school guy, pretty sure Ron Rivera played for the 85 Bears, known as arguably the toughest team in league history, definitely the best defense in league history, right? Or at least uh, we hold it to that standard. Came up and, and just, you know, it wasn't like, Teams were or reporters were prying for information. He just gave out the information that players have been coming to his office, knocking on the door, maybe as an open door policy. So they just walked right in and been complaining about the new offensive coordinator, Eric Bianami. Now, that statement in it of itself is very weird because coaches, unless a story breaks, usually don't just give out information. That weird shit is happening behind the scenes. That that is the last thing that they ever want to do, let alone just actively give out. And he created a story, I would say, almost out of thin air. Maybe I'm missing an element or an angle or a variable to this story. But the way that I have read this story is that Ron Rivera at a press conference just openly acknowledged kind of out of nowhere that players were complaining. And then today, Eric Bieniemy had a press conference and was asked about it as well. And to me, why this is a red flag, 
not because coaches are yelling or coaches are coaching guys hard, whatever. It's football. Now, I would say typically offensive coaches don't attack it on a consistent basis of, I, I don't know, anger, edginess, aggression. Not as a whole, offensive lines are coached very hard. But the skill guys, the quarterbacks, I, I'd say can be used with kids, kid gloves at times. Though, every offensive coach and every coach is different. And I never have a problem with a guy being authentic. Be yourself, right? Why did Dave Portnoy just buy back Barstool? Because he had to follow regulations when he worked for the gambling company. And they're better off being unfiltered. That's what the consumer demands in 2023. If you're not being authentic, I'll short you as a business if you're in the talking business. You got no chance. Big picture. Maybe short term, you can figure it out. But long term, just be who you are. Tell me what you really think. Now, when it comes to coaching, when you deal with players or when you deal with a GM or deal with anybody, you got to be authentic. But when it comes to dealing with the media, you can 100% lie. These teams do it all the time. So Ron Rivera, who this is not his first rodeo, to just throw this out there, little weird. Honestly, very weird. Like, I got some theories. Did he not want to hire Eric Bieniemy, and this was forced on him? I've seen some theories as he's doing this now to try to ruin Bieniemy because that's going to be the next head coach. Well, we've talked about it on the show. They have a new owner. Why, why does Josh Harris care about any of these people? If it's all a failure, he's going to fire everybody. If they do not make the playoffs, and even if they do, all these guys could lose their job. Could this just be more he wants to... I don't know. I, I just find the whole situation very bizarre. This is not something you typically see. Sometimes you have new head coaches that the owner forces a former coordinator on because that guy had success. Think Jerry and Kellen Moore, right? Or, or an owner really likes that guy. But that's not the case here. To me, this situation is just weird. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's not normal. Not because he's outing them that he's being too aggressive. Yeah, some coaches are aggressive. Right? This guy coached for Andy Reid and Andy's MO, you know, for a decade, Andy's MO is not screaming at guys. All coaches operate a little differently, just based on their own personality. What makes it weird is that he just volunteered this information to the media and to the public that players are knocking on his door, or like I said, open-door policy, walking in. That is not information that any of us would be privy to unless we literally knew a player or a coach on the staff and they were telling them that. Again, unless I'm missing something, this had not been a story that was out there until Ron made it a story. A little weird. And let's face it, there is a lot of people would not make Eric Bieniemy a head coach and it became a enormous story uh, with the racial element and the minority coaching staff or minority coaches getting opportunities, especially from a guy that was working for the number one team in the league, finally gets his shot to truly want his own run his own offense away from Andy Reid, who, let's face it, calls plays or at least has a huge, huge role in the play calling, now gets his own shot. And there's already in a weird way of controversy surrounding this. Now, I don't have necessarily much sympathy for random guys. Like if it's Sam Howell pounding the door that the enemy is being too mean. I don't care. But and who knows who these players are. But the situation is just already weird. There's no way around it, especially when you factor in new ownership, people coaching for their job. 
And just if Ron gets fired, it's not just a lock that the enemy's the next guy. Honestly, if Ron gets fired, that means things are going pretty poorly and everyone's probably out. So situation already got a red flag. Washington, weird spot, only getting weirder. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put, you know, I, I still disagree with Coward on Baker Mayfield should retire because you don't want to ruin your brand. I don't think it's possible to ruin your brand enough in the NFL if ultimately you go to talk about college as a media personality. RG3 was a joke as a quarterback, and he's having a successful career right now, at least the end of his career, right? Matt Leinart's career relative to college was an embarrassment. Herb Street never even got to the league. Joe Klatt, I don't even remember passes he threw in college. I don't think any of it matters. If you're a big personality, if you're good at TV, talking about college, no one cares what you actually did in the pros. Now, I, I do think that Baker's situation, you know, is clearly getting weird and it's getting weird fast. And now he's, it's not just he's in a quarterback competition with Cal Trask. Anytime they put or between your name and someone else as a quarterback, pretty big red flag about the situation. Because the longstanding kind of uh, saying has been, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Sometimes in college, that's not necessarily true. But in the pros, it definitely is. And I saw it in San Francisco today when they released their depth chart with their second string quarterback. No second, potentially third string quarterback gets discussed more than Trey Lance. Now, part of that is because of his draft status. And part of that is because, you know, no one talks about Zach Wilson anymore. And a big reason for that is they got Aaron Rodgers. So it's just like, let's just talk about Aaron Rodgers 24-7, 365. But I even see it with a large 49er contingent online. It's like part of it is because of where Purdy was drafted and only Purdy's only started seven, eight games. What has he done? So people act like Trey Lance should still be the starter. And the irony is he could end up being the third string quarterback, right? So when you put an or between your name, uh, it's like, well, you going to marry her? It's like, yeah, I could go with Megan or I could go with Julie. It's like you're leaving yourself an option, which, let's be real, do you even like either of them? And that's how I feel like, do Tampa like either of these guys? The other thing is, when you put yourself in a situation, and we did this last year, it's why I'm very hesitant to be like, this is going to be the worst team in the league. I thought that about the Giants. I thought that about Seattle, and both those two teams were in the playoffs. So, like, I think Arizona's going to suck. feel pretty confident about that. But if you told me that they draft eighth and not one, believable. You know, I think Tampa's going to be terrible, but if you told me they draft seventh and not one, believable. But I think it's pretty clear they're going to be pretty bad. But unless you have a first-year head coach, and even those guys, it's proven over and over just because, like, you know, oh, this guy's going to get several years. We see a lot of one-and-dones. So the NFL, you never know. But the likelihood that Todd Bowles is going to be the coach, let's just say they are terrible and they have the number one overall pick for Tampa next year, you're just telling me he's just going to be able to just uh, handle all the bullets flying, all the negativity, all the ugly losses, even if we all acknowledge they suck next year because they get the number one pick. I would probably bet against it. I, I really would. And, you know, Jonathan Gannon, you'd think he's going to get multiple years, maybe because the owner, quote unquote, is cheap. But they've had a one and done before. They did it with Steve Wilkes. When they fired him and they went with Cliff Kingsbury. So there just is no guarantee just because you're going to be terrible. And that's not how coaches operate. Hell, once upon a time, the owner with the Miami Dolphins was like, hey, Brian, I'll pay you like a hundred grand a loss. 
just keep losing so we can get this Joe Burrow guy at LSU. And he's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to attempt to win because it's the NFL and I ain't tapping out. Now, I've said over and over, it's one of the dumbest mistakes in the history of the league because if you gave him Joe Burrow a couple years ago with that defense, I mean, it probably is the Dolphins in the Super Bowl, not the, uh, you know, not the Bengals, right? And obviously Tua, who's better than probably the way that I talk about him sometimes, but he definitely just had some injury issues. And if you could choose, you would take Justin Herbert over Tua. Every Tua diehard would have to admit that. So the situation that they change fast, they get weird fast. And it, it it really is crazy. Like, I don't blame Tampa. They went all in on Tom and it had incredible benefits. They won a Super Bowl. They were making the playoffs. They were one of the premium brands in the NFC with Tom. I would have done the same thing. The 49ers are very, very lucky to be in a position where just a couple years ago, they trade all these picks for Trey Lance. And going into his third season, going into his third season, there's an or between his name as the backup quarterback. If I would have said that the moment they drafted him, I would have been like, is Kyle Shanahan fired? Is this organization, I mean, are they winning four or five games a year? It's like, no, they're going to NFC Championship games, back-to-back years. They're one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. So they they got very lucky. They hit on a lot of other players. Coach is clearly pretty dynamic offensive play caller. And I I don't want to say struck oil with Purdy because there's no guarantee that Purdy is like some 10-year starter, but he's definitely good enough in the short term to make them very, very competitive. So... You have an or between your name as a quarterback. That's a problem. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to... Essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't Hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, 
whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This story, I think both these two parallel each other because I, I think I struggle with NFL teams and NFL coaches and NFL executives to take their words and give it a lot of validity and give it a lot of like, and think it's actually what they're believing because unlike Ron Rivera, most executives and most coaches manipulate lie. They don't tell the public the truth because it's a competitive disadvantage. What's the point, right? So just because I say I will not trade player X doesn't mean that I won't trade that guy tomorrow. If I get the right offer, or doesn't mean that behind the scenes, even if I don't want to trade that guy, we are entertaining all these options. I remember once upon a time, John Gruden got hired. And he's like, I, I came here because of Carr and Khalil Mack. And by the start of the season, Khalil Mack was on the Bears. So you just, now there were other variables. Did the owner have the cash to pay him signing bonus? Like there's a lot of moving parts, salary cap. But, but still, we have seen enough over and over and over. You never believe at least the positive side. But when someone tells you the negative side, like when Jerry Jones goes, we're moving on with or without this guy, I think you kind of got to believe him because usually it'd be easy to do the company line, which is his company, be like, listen, we want Zach to be our starter. He's one of the best players since I've owned this team. We love the guy. We will do what it takes to work at work something out, even if he has no intention of giving him a raise. Usually just kind of bullshit your way through. And Jerry is just king bullshit artist. And he is saying over and over and over again, you guys are talking about it a lot more than we are. There are ramifications for him not showing up. There's a fine system. He knows the drill. We have no intentions of paying him, giving him a race. We've already given him a lot of money. We've compensated him at a high level. Like Jerry's laying this out for you. The other thing, it's not like, well, the Cowboys, it's not like they're signing other guys constantly. They gave Diggs enormous extension. I missed this one. I heard someone mentioned it and I Googled it yesterday or, or right before we came on the podcast. They just gave Malik Hooker like $24 million guaranteed, like $8 million signing bonus. So it's, it's not like they're not giving out money left and right to other players on the team. If you're Zach Martin, it'd be one thing. It's like, hey, they're holding strong. I'm holding strong. But they're signing other players. Now, granted, these players have been successful for them, but I, I can't imagine that's pissing them off even more. So it's a double whammy. Jerry's saying, like, we ain't budging. And two, we're handing out money to guys that we think are all in and think are good. So uh, talk about a situation that's already, I don't expect Zach Martin to show up anytime soon. Now, do I expect him to miss games? $14 million. It's almost a million dollars a game. I, I don't. But props to Jerry for not just capitulating. This is not, not an NBA team here. You know, I mean, it's not just give in to whatever your demands are. J Jerry's Jerry's holding the line. And on the opposite end, I haven't asked these guys about him. 
But I, I know how good the Chiefs n- not just think, but know Chris Jones is. I think on the uh, I don't put much stock into it. We don't talk about it on the show. The top 100 players. Uh, I think Chris Jones came in. The players vote number 10. Clearly last season, non-quarterback. He was a top five player in the NFL. He was an elite dominant player on a team that won the Super Bowl. That had the MVP of the league. And they have three guys that are Hall of Fame guys, right? Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris Jones. But the Chris Jones situation is like, he ain't budging, wants more money. Now, Veach told the Kansas City Star that part of the reason, and he's, I don't think he's just making this up, right? And technically he's not, but I don't think he would just say this with the intentions to trade him because he's like, listen, we do not intend on trading this guy. Part of the reason we made the move last year with Tyreek Hill is we knew this situation with Chris was going to come up like money-wise. And I listen, I, we have been told before by other GMs and other coaches about we plan on signing this guy and they ultimately trade the player. But as I've said over and over, the Chiefs are in Super Bowl mode right now. They're trying to win Super Bowl every single year. It's They're at the point which they're the only team now and the only team that has been this way for 20 years was the Patriots with Brady and Belichick. It's Super Bowl or bust. Like, losing in the championship game is a letdown. Losing in the Super Bowl is a letdown. Like, that was... It's a letdown the day of the game when the Eagles lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But if I would have told every fucking Eagles fan at the beginning of the season, you're going to be the number one seed, you're going to kick the shit out of the Giants, you're going to knock out the Niners quarterback and beat the hell out of them and lose a barn burner of the Super Bowl to Andy Reid and the Chiefs, you would have signed up for that, Right? The Chiefs do not sign up at the beginning of the year to lose the Super Bowl because they think they can win it every single year. So trading him, even big picture, if it could accumulate a couple first-round picks or a first and a couple twos and a player, whatever, is just good business. I don't know if they're really in the position to risk trading an elite player. But I've said also this. Anytime you start signing a guy, a non-quarterback, to a third contract, it can get a little risky because that's when guys fall off. Now, this it's not like this guy's 33 years old. He's, I think, 28, 29 years old. He still potentially could have three or four really good years left. Definitely a couple good years left. But it's a tough situation because he plays a position that, you know, he probably wants $100 million guaranteed right now. It's not like he's, just give me a little raise. You know, Zach Martin just wants a raise. Just give me my money. What is the high end of the position? Chris Jones wants a new contract. You know, hey, man, I want a three-year extension, $100 million, averaging over 30, and guarantee me 70, $80 million. That, that's what I'm asking for. And though, anytime you get those contracts, when it's the third one for a player, right? His rookie contract, he then got an extension. Now he wants a third one. It's complicated because in the history of the league, only a small percentage of guys just maintain that high level of play for a long period of time. A lot of guys fall off a cliff. Right. And when a guy falls off the cliff for you and you're paying him a premium in a salary cap league, it can limit you. Now, ultimately, I think something gets done, but the situation is complicated, even with a guy of Chris Jones' talent. The Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor situation is just weird. You know, I, I think it's clear that after that phone call with the running backs, he was amped up. You right. You had all the rich guys telling him, take a line, bro. Make them pay you. Christian McCaffrey, huge contract. Chubb, huge contract. Derrick Henry, huge contract. Even Saquon's like, yeah, sounds good. I'll I'll take my $11 million. Jonathan Taylor, I think, took everything they said 
to heart and got emotional and showed up at camp and started causing ruckus. And now, at first, right, there were some rumors. Did he have a non-football injury? Is it just the contract? And now he's got this ankle injury that he had an ankle injury last year. Like, is this guy banged up? Because when you're a banged up running back, teams are less likely to pay you just because you play running back. Even if you're really good, right? They, they, they are less inclined to just be like, oh, yeah, give him whatever. Other positions like tackle, D-end, wide receiver. But yeah, just safety if I like you. Hell, Derwin James been banged up a million times. Chargers are like, we love this guy. Pay him. Running back's like, we do we are we sure? Can we find seven other guys on practice squads that can equal this guy's production for a total of four million dollars instead of giving this guy 12? You will talk yourself out of it. The moment you're injured and you're not practicing, you are much less likely to get paid. Right? I, I think in general, any human being that wants to get paid in any industry, just produce. If you consistently produce it's impossible to not get paid, right? I don't care if you're an actor. I don't care if you're a sales guy. I don't care if you're an NFL team. If Jonathan Taylor had produced last year at the rate in which he was producing, it would be impossible to argue that like, listen, the Colts, you need this guy. He's a high character guy. He's an elite player with your rookie quarterback. But it's like, God, last year he got hurt in his third year. And now he's still hurt coming into camp. Are we sure this guy's a durable player? It's not like he's 30 years old. He's 23 years old. I was asked, I think the volume's going to put out this, the most underrated. We did most overrated player. Easy pick for me, James Harden. And most underrated player, which is hard. Like, you could pick a million players. One, The guy that I picked was LaDainian Tomlinson. Because I think he's one of the greatest football players I've ever seen. But he doesn't get talked about that much, right? Relative to, like, his era. If you just think about players from the last 20 years, even non-quarterbacks... I think you start rattling names before you ever get to him. Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Darrell Revis. You start firing around Trent Williams. And LaDainian Tomlinson, when you look at his numbers for eight years, for eight years, from his rookie season till the end of his eighth season, he missed one game. Basically, like if Christian McCaffrey played eight straight years and missed one game. Think about the value that guy brought to the table. Every fucking time you stepped on the field, you knew LaDainian Tomlinson, who was one of the best players in the NFL, was going to be dressed up and ready to roll. And his numbers backed it up every single year. 1,500 yards, 12, 13, 14 touchdowns, 50, 60 catches every year. Year in, year out. Jonathan Taylor is going into year four. He already missed a bunch of games last year, and he's still hurt now coming into camp. He's like, pay me. It's like, bro, I, can I depend on you? It's one of the reasons, like, I'm just starting to do more podcasts. Why would I not do more podcasts? Football season's here. Podcast has momentum. I'm just going to bang podcasts out every single day. I'll answer the bell. Why wouldn't I? We got sponsors. Let, let's roll. Right? Why do three when I can do five? This is, I'm not digging ditches here. Right? The thing in the NFL, like, no one wants to get hurt. I don't. I Obviously, Jonathan Taylor wants to be healthy. But some guys get injured for whatever reason. Some of it's dumb luck. Some of it's legitimately like, this, you know, the, the, your bone structure, degenerate knee, whatever, right? Every human being's bodies are different. But either play in the games or you don't, right? Remember, forever, Eli Manning did not miss games. Brett Favre did not miss games. The most famous one when I was a kid was Cal Ripken. There's something to be said about every single day, whatever you do. I don't care if you're the librarian, you're the starting quarterback. The people paying you just know you're going to be there. 
every single day. And then if you're talented, more often than not, you're going to produce at a high level. And once you start getting like the injury red flag, whenever I get asked this question, like if I go on a radio show, like what do you think his value is? His value? Teams are going to trade for an injured guy at running back? You guys crazy? What are we talking about? Austin Eckler, who has, I don't have his numbers up right now, but like 40 touchdowns or something the last couple of years. He's been a touchdown machine. He's awesome. Incredible pass catching back. They literally like Chargers are like, yeah, go see if you can find a trade, man. We're not giving you a raise, but see if you can find a trade. No one would trade for him. And then even Austin Eckler was like, yeah, you know, the problem is to get them to agree, someone was going to have to trade a high pick and no one was willing to do that. It's like, well, that's kind of the market. Those are the decision makers. I say this all the time about the running backs on that Zoom. And they, they get all amped up and they get a bunch of fans all amped up on social media. None of that's relevant. Nothing that happens on Twitter. There's not one thing that happens on Twitter today that has any relevancy for anything. It doesn't impact any of what's actually happening in society. I'm talking sports. I'm talking politics. It's all bullshit, right? I'm not saying it's all fake, but I'm just saying it doesn't actually have an impact on anything. It never does. So when all these guys were screaming on Twitter, quote tweeting, it's like, are you guys talking to the coach and the GM? They are the people that pay you. They're the people that you need to be making this case to. They're the people, if you're going to play like attorney, you need to be making your closing arguments to. Talking to seven fans with numbers in their at names on social media is going to have zero impact. I promise you. So the Jonathan Taylor situation just continues to get weird. One situation that's kind of funny, slash weird, slash just I like it, John Gruden is currently in a lawsuit with the NFL. And by all reports and all accounts, he is literally trying to take down Roger Goodell and the powers that be in the league office. Because he thinks, and rightfully so, that they intentionally fucked him with with the email leaks. They were coming after Dan Snyder, and then they leaked to the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times all the emails that he sent, but that never would have got out if it wasn't for someone in the league office. And the league office, if you read the articles, completely denies it. I don't know. I mean, I, I think John Gruden probably onto something that Roger did that. Well, the Saints, who once upon a time with Bounty Gate, again, self-inflicted, got thrown a penalty. Coach was gone. Fines. They clearly aren't buddy-buddy with the NFL. I would say... Two groups of people that don't, they probably fake it, but do not respect or would go out of their way to do anything to help Roger Goodell in the league office would be Belichick and Sean Payton and the Saints. Well, the Saints are currently parading John Gruden around at practice. Now, granted, in a vacuum, not that weird. Former coach for their quarterback, in theory, knows offense. I always thought his offense with the Raiders was a little underwhelming, but... They have pressure, so having another set of eyes, not that weird. You see former coaches all over the place. Leslie Frazier, who I heard was taking a year off, is all over these training camps. Let's just call a spade a spade. I like Sean McDermott. You fired him. Uh, But John Gruden at camp. That is the ultimate, which I appreciate, double F you to the league office. You think the league office wants a guy who's suing everyone in the league office, starting with the commissioner, wants this guy at NFL practices right now? Of course not. And the Saints, who clearly know this, don't care. 
And I kind of like that pettiness because you know for a fact that pisses Roger Goodell off. How could it not? Even if Roger Goodell knows that he's kind of guilty of leaking these emails and that eventually a judge or an arbitrator or whoever is going to figure this out. But this is a story that's not going away. And this is why you got to be very careful about like, and Roger's in a tough spot, right? Making enemies with Bill or the Saints. He did. He probably should have got out of the penalty business a long time ago because it's never consistent. It always feels personal or he's giving a penalty because other owners want him to give it like with Belichick or whatever. It, it always feels like he he can never win in that situation. This one, if the Saints respected him, would have been an easy one. They, they would not have John Gruden at practice to get filmed and have pictures taken of him. I, I think this tells you everything you need to know. The, the Saints... Not big Roger Goodell, guys. Uh, Sean Payton. I always think in college, whenever you fire a coach, you usually go the opposite, right? So you get a player's coach, he gets fired, you usually go tough guy. You get a tough guy, that guy doesn't win, you fire him, you usually go player's coach. Sean Payton, semi-unique, right? Famous name, a lot of people were interested, was going to be very expensive. Nate Hackett, who clearly is a player's coach, now you could argue how good of a player's coach is he, pretty ugly thing in Denver, when they hired Sean Payton, he kind of came in guns blazing. Immediately drew a line in the sand. Russell Wilson's personnel helpers were not going to be allowed. The only people coaching Russell were going to be the coaches that Sean Payton hired on staff. Which, listen, I'm all for. Now, I thought the reason that the office and the separate locker room was such a big deal was because they lost and he sucked. Peyton Manning got the same treatment in Denver. Most quarterbacks in new facilities have their own office. Why? They're at the facility longer than every player, right? It's not that weird. The reason the situation with Russell got weird, he sucked. Two guys didn't like him. Guys like Peyton Manning was never an issue. You think Tom Brady had his own office in New England? Probably. Why? He's at the office longer than everyone else. But to me, Sean Payton feels like he's like going overboard on some of this. I saw today that he said, no Gilligan hats, which means, you know, for us bald people, it's one that protects our whole hat. The guys, when you see players on the sideline wearing stuff, it's all uh, swag or gear that the team gave them. Like, they're not buying the Gilligan hats, right? The, the bucket hats, I think, as us millennials call them, at the team store. Literally, the equipment guy is handing them to them. Last I checked, there are a lot of bald guys in the league. I don't even think it's that weird. Right? You could argue some guys pull off a bucket hat better than they do a visor. You're allowed to wear a visor, but not a bucket hat. Sean Payton said no sunglasses, which I understand inside. Like I, I never understand sunglass guy inside. Like I put them on, you put them on inside. How do you see anything? Like I, I outside, I need them because my eyes are sensitive. But inside, especially in the dark, like you don't see anything. But what if you're playing a preseason game at one o'clock in the afternoon? And you're not playing. You can't wear sunglasses? What if you have sensitive eyes? I think that's a little bit overkill. Uh, the, the other thing is, and I get trying to draw a line in the sand, but I think sometimes I'm not trying to act like I know more about running a team as a head coach than Sean Payton, but he was big on when you quit playing or when you're out of the game, keep your pads on. And I agree, like if you're a newly drafted guy, you're not a lock to make the roster. But, and I don't even I'd have to think about like who on their team is really, really established. But does it bother you if like Micah Parsons takes his pads off after a series or Patrick Holmes takes? Now, you could argue that their roster 
is not in a position, but like, I don't know. I, I think we're starting to worry about some things that don't necessarily matter. And, and maybe this will translate. I'm, I'm two teams. I don't think are going to be any good are the Broncos and the Rams. I'm pretty confident. Now I think the Broncos will be better than the Rams because they have more talent, but I don't know if I'm buying the Broncos and I'm not saying it just because of these rules for preseason games, but are they really necessary? A couple things with Mike Vrabel. He's having the D-line coach coach the preseason game. I was saying that's a good idea. Why wouldn't you have an assistant coach, you know, call plays, just mix it up. The preseason game is basically an extension of, pra- of practice. Time to just mix it up. Like, hell, have your starting quarterback call some plays. Like, it's a time to throw curveballs. Now, uh, this is an African-American guy. It's a good opportunity. Uh, just a cool gesture by Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel's just a high-level guy. Just kind of gets it. You know, he just, he's an impressive coach. So if I turn out to be wrong about the Titans, which I'm pretty confident I'm going to be right, but if I am wrong, it'll be because of that guy. He's an elite coach. Knows what he's doing. Leadership, scheme, dude, just a winner. So I, I don't feel great betting against him. Don't love betting against him. Got no problem betting against Stefanski or Sean McVay coaching with like two players, right? Or even Sean Payton coaching with a wash Russell Wilson. Mike Vrabel, bad division. You know, I yeah, it makes me a little nervous. But the, the other thing he said, which was interesting, is Malik Willis is currently the number two on the depth chart. And he gave him a lot of praise, just his his improvement from year one to year two. And it's the number one thing to keep an eye on in the preseason. I don't put much stock in a starters, good or bad, whatever, especially established players. But young guys who haven't done much, who look good, who are making plays, especially if there's been positive momentum in reports at training camp, that's a good thing. Because the biggest growth and jump you should have as a young player is really between year one and year two, and even potentially year two and year three when you kind of just establish yourself as a starting player in this league. And anytime you know a highly drafted guy in year two who got to play a little as a rookie is in these preseason games against the backups, he should stand out. Right when you see the G League and sometimes like the second year players are scoring forty in like summer league, like yeah, that should happen. Right, Keegan Murray for the Sacramento Kings played in a summer league game, scored like forty five points. Yeah, that's what he he should kick the shit out of everybody. If you're a second rounder and you're going to be a good player and you're in year two and you got to play a little as a rookie, like you should run circles around a lot of the guys in the preseason game when the backups are out there. Right, so the standard should be high. It's why the coaches hold you to those. But yeah, I think that's it for today. And football, baby. It's back. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 